Board games are fun, but I am not a good person when I play. So the other day, I got home from work in Ames. Uh, my 10-year-old son had yeah. put about 12 board games on the dining room table. I'm like, hey, buddy. Hey, what? Uh, what's this? And he's like, <laughs> Dad, these are all the games in our basement that we haven't played. <laughs> like ever? You have <laughs> like 12 ever, board ever. games you've never played? Yeah, right. Because like when we go to thrift stores or Goodwill, like oh, I yeah, always yeah, kind of yeah. keep an eye out for like modern board games. Right. And if they're five bucks and they're like a $50 game, like, oh, let's give it a shot, right? It's probably too many. But no, 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 no judgment. I'm just <laughs> stating, just getting the facts straight. Yes, yeah. yes, yes. So <laughs> I, he didn't need to say anything. I just knew like, okay, his intent is to put all these games on the table until we play them. Yeah. And so now it, it time, comes off the table when it's played. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Which I'm kind of excited about. Also, they're going to be there for like three months. Yeah. I have a confession. Ooh, I like that. So like one of my favorite, one of my favorite board games is Ticket to Ride even though they put Duluth in the wrong place on the American Ticket to Ride board. So, like, I don't know, two, three years ago. I don't remember when. Yeah, well, because Minnesota, like, we're prideful about where things are. And when people put them in, like, where Chicago is, you want to just, like, punch a fool. Anyway. Is that uh, what Duluth is in Chicago no, on the board? No, I, I don't know where it is. It's not It's Not, not even where close. It should be. Yeah, not, yeah, you're it's right. wrong. Yeah. Let's just yeah. say that. So, um, the person who made the board game is probably from Wisconsin. That's why. Yeah, maybe. Um <laughs> I think Wisconsin people know where Duluth is. Is they got no? Like, I'm saying because like a little jab at Minnesota, you know. You think a so? little state rivalry, uh, or they're just they're from Wisconsin and they were a little drunk when they designed <laughs> it. And that's the other thing. Um, but anyway, so <laughs> for a couple Christmases ago, my wife decided everybody was going to get a board game for for Christmas or yeah. like some sort of you know game whatever, mm-hmm. and everybody got one. And like no one liked that. Ella's was like Chameleon or whatever. You played that game. No, it's not great. Oh, I don't like it, but it's fine. She loves it, and none of us will ever play with her. Oh shit! And that was just super hard for her. Um, Ames will totally play with her. That'd be great. Yeah. We should hang out. Yeah. And uh, but I got ticket to ride Europe. Yeah. And I was so excited. And it's like multiple years later, and we have not played it yet. <laughs> so pretty much same. Same I, on same. I think I know what you're doing this weekend. Going to the cabin. <laughs> and bringing the game, bringing man. The game. You know what my favorite game though is, and no one will play it with me. Yeah. What is it? Flux. Flux. Have I've never really heard Flux? of it. So there's a lot of different versions. You say have. that ten times fast. Flux. 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 <laughs> I think that's a terrible idea. Is there, an, is, there a, is there like a sensor button on there? Probably, um, yeah. Anyway, uh, the version that. We, What's up, baby? <laughs> <laughs> that's not quite. Sometimes. Okay, this is a weird question, but if you had to pick one board game that makes you a, a worse human being, what is it? I think it'd probably be, not be Monopoly. <laughs> and what? I once heard a stand-up comedian. I don't remember who it is, so I can't like <laughs> reference them. But he said there are two kinds of people in life. I actually, is it about the game life? He said there's two kinds of people in life. People are good at life, the game life, and people are good at trivial pursuit. <laughs> I said my wife is good at Monopoly and life, and I'm good at trivial pursuit. By definition, I am trivial. <laughs> you know, like, <laughs> And I think I like trivial pursuit because I have all this, like I have memorized knowledge and whatever. I'm like, whatever. Yeah, good but memory. like, I hate the fact that you can play a really good strategy in Monopoly or Life yeah. and still, still lose. lose. Yeah, that's. I think if you play the game better, you should win. That's why they're, they're good family games. You know, got to even out the playing field a little bit. Bull. <laughs> no, a good family game is one that is entirely luck so that I can go, well, I, I couldn't have done anything to improve my luck in playing against this five-year-old who just beat me in something. <laughs> Do you let your kids win games? Absolutely not. Wow. <laughs> depends. It depends. I would say once in a while, right? Like, yeah, once in a while, it's kind of fun to let, that, let them win. But I think 
You also got to help them earn it a little bit. I agree with that. Um, I often beat my kids at games just to like, well, you need to learn how to lose too. But the other thing is, uh, I, I mean, this is how Catholic I am. I yeah. wait till they're seven, like under seven. I let them win a yeah. lot. Oh, you, you've reached the age of reason. <laughs> I'm going to burn you to the ground. There's going to be a chart spot where you stood, sir. Bring it boardwalk. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Welcome to story dream, a podcast where we share stories to help share the story. Have you ever felt paralyzed when someone asks you a question? When someone asks us a question, it's often better to answer with a story than a soundbite. I'm Corey LaCroix, and I'm here with Chris Casteltz. Let's tell some stories. I am super, I got caffeine running through my body. Oh my gosh, I thought it was bad. I'll show you the Ready? Yeah. Welcome back to Story Dram. My name is Corey LaCroix, and I'm here with my good buddy, Chris Gesteltz. Uh Here at Story Dram, we tell stories to help share the story in hopes that uh, together we can see the story of God active in our everyday life. Uh, Chris, what a day to be alive. It is a good day to be alive. How are you, Corey? Dude, I'm doing great. Uh, Ames and I got to play some Wingspan, one of my favorite board games the other night. I don't know that game. Oh, it's fantastic. You're, there's like 500 birds and you're trying to collect <laughs> birds. I know it sounds super dorky, um, but like all the art on the cards is like super beautiful and there's like nine or 10 different ways to like score points and, and there's like always a different strategy. So there's a lot going on and it's like aims for favorite game of the moment. Oh, um, so we play a lot of wingspan. We should have to play that sometime. That sounds fun. Yeah. We, we have a little like chickadee game where there's like little chicks and you have to, it's like a cooperative game. You play with it. Like you both yeah. are trying to win and there's like a coyote that, like or wolf that comes and eats the chicks and you have to like get them into the hen house before I think it's before meant, they get I, murdered. I think it's meant for like three and four year olds. <laughs> But I find a lot of, but you win, you win almost every time. So I feel a lot of yeah. comfort in playing it. Like, oh, that's I, good. like I get done, I'm like, I did it. I saved all my chicks. You know, like I feel really, I feel good about myself. Yeah, you're <laughs> yeah. like saving lives. Every, <laughs> every board game day. That's great. Uh, so recently uh, across the globe, we just celebrated World Youth Day. Yeah. Yeah. Lisbon, uh, Portugal. Lisbon, Port- Portugal. Uh, I went to World Youth Day in Krakow in 2016, and it yeah. was one of the greatest experiences of my life. And I know that today you have a story about World Youth Day, Chris. Yeah, so my experience of World Youth Day was not what I, not necessarily bad, but like not the greatest day of my, not the greatest experience <laughs> of my life, to be honest. Um, we had a great trip with two other parishes. We had like a full bus, flew into Amsterdam, flew to uh, Lisbon. Took a bus to Fatima. It was incredible. Went was at Fatima on the like uh, the twenty third of the month. So it was yeah. like the or the thirteenth of the month, not twenty third, the thirteenth of the month. And it was like with thousands of people were in Fatima. We did this rosary in five different languages. Each decade was in a language as we like processed the Fatima statue around and like it was like smoky and beautiful and like incredible and like powerful and mystical and went to Avila and saw where Teresa of Avila lived and like Whoa. saw that. I don't know if you know this, but she didn't have a pillow. She had a, like a piece of firewood. She used as her pillow yeah. to have greater suffering, you know, to, something to offer up. I did not and know so, that. That's like, incredible. Her piece of firewood has this like, like, uh, it's like grease, like her hair grease, like in the, like, what? like all in, like it's greasy part of this. It's crazy. It's like her piece of firewood that she slept on. Whoa. Um, have you ever tried this? 
Uh, every time I switch a pillow, I'm pretty uncomfortable. So I'm like, <laughs> time to get a new pillow. <laughs> and just keep buying more expensive pillows because they feel better. And then um, this one's stuffed with cash. And uh, not really. And uh, we we went on the medieval walls, and we were we were in all these great places in, yeah. in World Youth Day. And finally, we got to like the actual World Youth Day thing. And it was again, we're in this group of like forty something people, fifty people, and. Uh, the, we went to like where we were supposed to register like in in Madrid yeah and uh, they were like all right we have your housing here and uh, the girls are gonna be in these classrooms in the school and by world youth day housing if you've never been to world youth day out there um, imagine 1.4 million people I think Lisbon had 1.5 but we were 1.4 showing up in a city and needing a place to sleep yeah like it's insane so every parish every school every gym every Every square inch. I had friends who went to World Youth Day in um, Italy, and they slept in a like a parking garage. Wow! Like it was outside, basically right. in a parking garage. Right. But the girls, so the girls got these classrooms, and they were pretty nice. Not air conditioned, but like clean and yeah. nice, and by all standards, good. Their showers were outside, which was kind of weird. But there were these plywood structures, and it was relatively okay. Like they had a good experience. <laughs> the only problem is that we had just come off like our pre pilgrimage, like before we got to world yeah. youth day and we were staying in like three and four star hotel yeah. hotels. Right. A like, little different. It was real nice. Um, <laughs> and then they show like, all right guys, you guys are around the corner. So you have a little bit of a walk. And we're like, Oh crap. We got a little bit of a walk. Walking. Oh God. <laughs> Walking's the worst, which is bad when you're world youth day because you just walk 20 miles every day. <laughs> exactly. We get to the boys housing and it's like, uh, it's a minor seminary seminary. So we have like our, all we have, we have our own rooms. We have our own showers. We have like refrigerators. in our rooms. Wow. <laughs> like it's air conditioned. Uh, we're like, um, are we going to tell the girls or not? Like it was crazy. <laughs> and, but we just had a great time. And, um, Madrid did this really cool thing. Typically at World Youth Day, you get these food vouchers and you go to these food sites. Like when they had it in Denver, like McDonald's hosted it. Like everyone got like burgers, yeah. I guess. But you get, you turn in these like, you know, wristband shit things yeah. and you're like, here, I want this. And then they give you like six people worth of food and you got five, yeah. five people and eat. Madrid's like, no, forget that. We have tons of restaurants. We're just going to ask the restaurants to do World Youth Day meals. Yeah. So you would just go to a restaurant and in the window it would say like, have a little World Youth Day symbol, and you'd walk in, you'd be like, I will take the World Youth Day meal. And like yep. some places were just like a burger, like some pasta or something. Well, one day we found this place. It was a little mom pop, not on a major square, on like the side road. It was just all housing, and then this like three little things. And it was yeah. like a restaurant, and we walked in, and we were like one of the only pilgrims who had like found this place. We came in, it was a three-course meal with, like, morel mushrooms cooked no in olive way. oil. And like, like, this beautifully, perfectly cooked piece of fish. And, like, this these wow. incredible meals. Unfortunately, we found that on the last day. So we yeah, had it once. Right. But um, when it comes time for the actual World Youth Day, like, find, like, there's all these things throughout the week. You go to adoration, go to talks, go to praise and worship, go to, like, events and vendor things. And it's, like, yeah. awesome all week. But the thing you want to do all week is catch a glimpse of the Right. It's what you want all week long is to see and get close to the Pope. Yes. And so and this is when uh, Benedict was uh, 16 was the Pope and uh, and the only Pope. And we and uh, we were we were trying to get to this adoration event and I was navigating. And this is a group of like a subgroup of the 50 where it was like 16 of us, right. eight, 20 of us, something like that. And I was like, OK, we got to go in this on, you know, this uh, subway and we're gonna get off at this stop and we're gonna go up this exit and we get in the subway and we go the wrong way. I get us, I turn us around. Yeah. I have it. I have the, I have the thing totally turned around backwards. 
like take us the wrong direction. So we get out the next stop. And everyone is like, you know, the thing where like people know they shouldn't be that mad at you, but they're still like kind of mad at you. Like this is all your fault. Everybody was like, there's like, you know, Molly, will you just direct us where to go? Like whatever, this whole thing. Like, and they're all mad, and we're trying to figure out: do we go back down to the same thing, or do we go to a different yeah. subway? Because we want to go this different yeah. direction. We're standing in this like abandoned street corner. There's nothing. It's just like brick Shit. buildings and nothing. And all of a sudden, we hear the sound of sirens, like claxtons, right? Like that's what they call them, right? Like, which normally is not a good sound. Not a good sound. But at World like, Youth Day, World Youth Day, it means exactly what it's thing. like. The sound of like the slot machine. It's interesting um <laughs> i think it's the sound of angels um and so we hear this coming and all of a sudden over this little like hill thing come two police cars and then two more police cars and then like a police truck thing that like yep. held people yeah and then the pope absolutely and so we we like flood to the street and it slows down because we're suddenly there's we're there and there's like they were thought we were there on an empty street and then there's suddenly pilgrims so it slows down and benedict looks at us and waves and goes by and we're all just like are you kidding me whoa it's really weird when he blew me a kiss no i'm just kidding he didn't do that but like he just waved at us and we're like that was pope benedict right there all because we took this wrong turn so we get to the final like mass thing and yeah what people don't understand like like we've all been in big a lot of people a lot of us have been in big crowd situations Sixty-two thousand people at a vikings game or whatever like this is 1.4 million people to get this many people in one space. The yeah. space they had was a literally an airport. And I don't mean the inside of the airport. <laughs> I mean like where the planes take off and the land. Tarmac. It was like an air, like a Spanish air yeah. force airport that they like decommissioned for this event or it was already decommissioned or whatever. And they put out all these like, like, they sectioned off everything. Right. We got our section or whatever. But you show up. So the mass is on Sunday morning. You show up Saturday yeah. and stay overnight outside in the field to be able to go to mass on Sunday morning. So the people we were with, some of them had been to World Youth Day before, and they're like, yeah, it might sound convenient to show up later and spend less time in the field, but then you don't get spots because they oversell the sections. Yeah. And so we got there literally as the doors were opening on Saturday morning. Oh. We hiked into our areas. We got our food packs, which um, is very European. There was like baguettes and like <laughs> hamon, you know, like. like Wasn't there beer in the Madrid food pack? Yeah, too? well, not not in the World Youth Day. But when we first got to World Youth Day, there, gave was, you there beer. was NA beer. In Welcome the thing, to yeah. Madrid. Welcome to teens. Madrid. And like all the kids were like, can I drink it? I'm like, well, it's NA. I mean, do whatever you want, <laughs> I guess. I don't know. <laughs> Um, but no drinking otherwise. And then, um, so we were at the final thing and we get in our section, we get up, we, the, the wisdom was don't get all the way to the front cause everyone wants to get front. So then you get squished. So we stayed in the back of our section yeah. and we were the closest, we we're in the middle and the closest to the front you could get yep. after the bishops, uh, and the, um, the, the, the sort of special needs section, whatever. Right. And then it was us. And so we were, wow. We were close. We were only like 300 yards away from the stage, you know? Like, it's actually super close. For 1.4 million people. There right. were literally people who showed up at the field and their section was down a hill. Yeah. So they like literally couldn't see the screen. Visual, there's no visual You might whatsoever. as well watch it at home. Yeah. When I was but, at World Youth Day, we, we sat behind the stage. Like, a, I don't know, quarter mile. <laughs> Not joking. Awesome. So we we get there. We get settled. We like, we got our parts. One of the guys on our trips like, listen, I've been at World Youth Day before. You have to protect your area. 
Otherwise, people will just like scooch into it. Yeah. And so we did that all day long. It was like 90 something degrees. It was so hot in the sun, no shade. They were literally driving through, like, because the, the like walkways are wide enough to like drive a fire truck through. They're driving yeah. fire trucks through and just spraying the crowd. And like nobody cared that the stuff got wet so because hot. it was gonna it was gonna dry like that. There was a group of Brazilians, uh, probably about a hundred feet away from us, like, and they just took all their clothes off. Like they were literally not wearing clothes at points. Like just like very shocking. It's like underwear. Yeah, at yeah. World Youth Day, just their underwear. Yeah, at World Youth Day. And then there was like these Polish people right next to us who were much like us. They're like, I'm, I'm gonna keep my clothes on, you know, like whatever. <laughs> and uh, there were some Japanese people who came in like in the middle of the night and just got wherever there was like three inches of just yeah. sat down wherever there was grass. It was wild. Um, <laughs> and uh, all day long they have stuff going on on the stage and all night long stuff going on stage and it's all in Spanish and we, there was radios. We could have like heard it in English. We did sometimes, but not all the time. Um, but the big, the big moment and sometime during the day the Pope comes through, but then at night the Pope is going to do a big speech and yeah. we're going to do adoration and uh, 1.4 million people. So um, he comes in, he drives through the crowd in the Pope Mobile. He gets to the front, and just as he's getting to the front, we kind of get word, we kind of can see it. There's like a huge, legit thunderstorm oh, coming no. towards the field. Oh. And um, we're all a little like, hmm. And bear in mind, like when I say like things were tough, they had run out of water for all the participants. So we're all dehydrated because there's no um, people were, like had run out of food. Like we got food because we got there early. But people who got there after 5 p.m., there was no food for them. No, um, there were the toilets were full. Yeah, I don't want to go into detail about that. But when I mean full, uh, I mean like you couldn't sit down. Right. Because it was full. Um, yeah. There were porta bodies, right? Uh, whatever. Um, literally 11 o'clock at night. And I was like, I have to pee. And I will wait till tomorrow morning. And I woke up at four and went and peed and it was great. It was so wonderful. Um, but it was like, it was just brutal. But we're there waiting for the Pope to, to get on stage. And this thunderstorm is coming in. And we yeah. think like we're not in good shape already. We're thinking things are going to get worse. So they bring the Pope on, bring all these cardinals on stage. And, uh, all the po- and the Pope on stage. And uh, it's real lit. And there's good music. And there's this MC and the the Pope sits down and uh, he, they hand him his his remarks. Before he says anything, he just looks up. He just looked. It was just this moment. I'll never forget, like this moment where he just like he took in 1.4 million people. All these youth who have showed up yeah. to worship God, to see him, to hear what he has to say, and to follow the vicar of Christ to Jesus Christ, yeah. you know? And he goes into his remarks and he's saying wonderful things about our faith and the fact we're there and all this stuff and this, and how Jesus Christ wants, wants more for us than the world wants to give us and all this mm-hmm. stuff. Mm-hmm. And he's about halfway through or so with his remarks and the rain starts mm-hmm. and the thunder and lightning starts. Now we're standing in an open field yeah. next to, uh, like we're butted up against, like our backs are against the video screen and sound system <laughs> that's a hundred feet tall that's facing the crowd that's behind us. So I'm like, well, if anyone's going to die today, it's us. <laughs> you know, like we're going to get struck by lightning because this thing's going to get struck by lightning and it starts raining real hard and it starts thunder and lightning all around us. And they take all the Cardinals off the stage, but they leave the Pope up there. And like the, the, uh, um, the Swiss guard, like, all gather around him and bring out 
umbrellas and just yeah. keep him there, right? Because if they take him off stage, he's off the stage. That's right. kind of the deal. Like, he's done for the night. Right. But they got him all protected. Storm comes through, and then it, like, so scary for a couple minutes. And then all of a sudden, it just dissipates, right? I don't, no, nothing miraculous here. It just ended. It just, right. it was a fast movie storm that got through us. No lightning that I know about hit the field. Like, we were fine. And, and our stuff wasn't even that wet. What actually happened was it just dampened down all the dust. Mm. But it really was scary, right? And they, the the Swiss guard walk, you know, sides of the stage. The cardinals come back on. The Pope has handed his his remarks again, and he looks down at them, and then he looks up at the crowd, and he says, "Off script. The Pope, your Pope, is so proud of you for weathering this storm and weathering the storms of your life." Whoa! And then he goes right back into his script, and uh, it was a. It was a profound moment. Yeah. And then like he got done speaking and then it was time for adoration. And I can't remember if that's the one where Matt Maher was playing or, you know, there's music, whatever. And uh, they brought in this monstrance from Toledo from just South of Madrid where it's a, it's like a nine foot tall or 13 foot tall. It's a huge, it's not even a monster. It looks like the spire of a Gothic cathedral. Yeah. And then in the middle is a place where Jesus, where they put the host. And so they, 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 this thing literally rises out of the floor like straight up smoke. Like, like, like am I at a white snake concert? What is happening? Like, this is crazy. And uh, then the, the monsters comes out of the floor and the smoke, whatever. And then this Whoa. like deacon comes out and he places, places the Eucharist in the monstrance and the, the Pope kneels down. And then 1.4 million people kneel down. Yeah. And for 20 minutes, silence. Yeah. Silence. And it was it was as if the God of the universe came in our presence. Mm. It's because it was the God of the universe mm-hmm. that came in our presence. And it's kind of like, wow, like here's the Pope leading us in our submission to the Lord. Yeah. And it was gorgeous and amazing. I mean, pin drop silence, 1.4 million people. Nobody doing like the silly yell stuff, none of that. Yeah. Just amazing. And then he finished up, they wrapped up stuff and they said, all right, get some sleep. And they don't turn off. <laughs> they don't. They turn off the floodlights because you can't have it be pitch black because someone's gonna get hurt. Like whatever. Right, right. So they have these floodlights still on, whatever. And I lay down and uh, and somehow, even though I had to pee, and it was the middle of the night, and I'm in the field yeah. with 1.4 million people. <laughs> I eventually fell asleep, and yeah. I woke up, and uh, when I opened my eyes, I was about four and a half inches <laughs> from a Polish man. I think his name, I'm not joking. I think his name is Igor. And he was like right there. I mean, we were right nose to nose and he kind of woke up and we're kind of like, <clears throat> <laughs> and uh, yeah, the, the day went amazing. They had mass um, the, the chapels that they were supposed to distribute communion in all like most of them got wrecked in the storm, Yeah, which is amazing to me because we were fine. Yeah. These, these, temporary hangers got destroyed and so they they're like well we're going to distribute the the eucharist as best we can yeah so a community minister might come to your a priest or somebody might come to your section if there is receive otherwise like we'll do our best yeah but it's 1.4 million people right and our distribution system got wrecked last night basically yeah so luckily we had somebody come to our come to our we had three or four eucharist ministers come to our section and so we all got to receive that morning from the pope's mass you know and uh that's the first time I ever saw a religious sister, a nun, elbow someone on in the communion line. Um, <laughs> it's a true story. True story. She literally elbowed this Brazilian kid out of the way so she could make she she made up front. I was like, get it, sister. You know, like whatever. And, um, and then 
the end of the day, like mass ended. And then we, we had to find our way back to her, our hotel, which was a, like, you know, eight miles from the, from yeah. the site. And of course, 1.4 million people trying to leave at once was a complete wreck, mm. but we made it and everyone was safe and everyone was good. And um, we encountered the God of the universe in an abandoned airport field in Madrid with 1.4 million yeah. people in the boat. I mean, isn't that one of the powers of World Youth Day? Uh, you really get to experience the Catholic of the Catholic Church, the you know Catholic meaning universal, right? You're standing in this field with a hundred flags, but when the Blessed Sacrament is on the altar, everybody kneels. Well, this is what's amazing to me, right? Like, so we're 300 yards away. Like, I know that at, at, at my church, sometimes people who are used to having holy hours, where they're in this like intimate little 15 person yeah, chapel, right. when we do whole, when we do adoration in the main church, they're like, I'm not that close, you know. And like here I am, 300 yards <laughs> away from the stage. Yeah. And there was something amazing that um, in this place where 1.4 million people were gathered, that God felt amazingly um, imminent. Yeah. Here. Like God was close. Yeah. And he was also because the crowd was so big, and because of the the recognition of of where we were and how big it was, God is also transcendent. Mm. So here we have this this incredible reality of we have a God that is big enough to be close to us. Mm-hmm. He's transcendent enough. He's large enough. He's powerful enough um, to come humbly to us in the wow. form of bread and to be so near to us that He's willing to make this incredible sacrifice to be distributed to us poor broken souls who are been slept overnight in this field and are a mess. Like we're a mess. We're his stinky, messy (laughs) sheep. And he showed up. Yeah. And, um, I, I, I believe in God's real presence. I believe that God exists. I believe that God loves me and all those things I can, I I can Mm -hmm. mentally assent to. There's some about being in a field of 1.4 million people and knowing it deeply, knowing it in my heart and my gut and in a real profound and deeply human and powerful way. Right. God's coming close to you as the individual, but he's also coming close to his, like his church. Yeah. Right. Like as communion, as the community um, and just that experience that they're together. Right. Like you're encountering the Lord and we are encountering the Lord here. What is that? Uh, Catherine of Siena, right? She says, like, um, God is closer to me than if like a fish is to water, I think. Or or water like is to that. fish. Water yeah. is to fish, right? And um, yeah, that yeah, even in the car or in your bed or on the bike, wherever you're listening to the podcast, right? Like, yeah, that's the beauty of Christianity. It's not, it's not us on this search or this pursuit and hoping that one day we will come close to God, but that God all of our lives has been coming close to us, right? And he's coming close to you and to me here and now. Yeah, that's such a good point. Like I could really focus on all the pilgrimage aspect of this. We're trying to get to, we're trying to get to, uh, to, to him. And the reality is he's been pursuing us this whole time. Mm. Wow. Chris, thanks for sharing your story today. And thank you for listening to this episode of the Story Dram Podcast. We hope that this story inspires you to see the story of God at work in your everyday life. If you have a moment, we'd, uh, we would really appreciate it if you could like and follow this podcast, leave a review wherever you've taken this podcast in today. Um, and above all, uh, we hope that you encounter the love and the mercy and the beauty of God, the God who comes close to you and to me today. God bless you.